everybody, and welcome to episode 271 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapara, is returning for a second week for some reason. Who else is here in the ethereal, memorial, figurative Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Oh, Jesus. Gameless reference, Chris Antista. I forgot this part. Ah, it's the worst. <laughs> Struggling voice actor, Matthew Allen. And special guest... Uh, like Chris, I also did not come up with something. My name's Elena Yee. Let me do it again. Did you know on 30 2010 we're talking poorly about Persona 4? It's 10 years old. Really? Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I think I, the PS2 version, yeah. If I may, Elena. One oh, game since so old. then. Elena, if I may, I'll give you yours. It's a me, Elena Yee. Oh, Ooh, that's pretty thank good. you. I mean, well, as an Italian, I find that offensive, but we'll talk about this later. <laughs> well, we as an Italian, I'm sure you'll find this whole episode offensive. Yeah! <laughs> because it is discussing the work of our favorite Mario actor. Charles Martinet. Like Italian boy. What the fuck is that? <laughs> is that Italian boy. Was that his answering machine? What, what that, was that? That is from the credits of Mario vs. Donkey Kong for Game Boy Advance. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the non-Mario roles of Charles Martinet. Well, 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 uh, and, he yeah, does know, right? he, he does many <laughs> other things. He was a character actor before he became Mario. Uh, which, by the way, happened in 1995 on the re-release of Mario Teaches Typing. Hmm. That's the Guess first time his first role of Mario? It's oh. time for you to type. Let's do this. Yeah, he, he appeared as like a floating Mario head. What? Who would give <laughs> advice and uh, just say random things like, for example. Hmm. You have a nice place here. Hmm. Very nice. Hmm. Nice keyboard, too. Or he'd just sort of like wobble around and turn in midair and, you know, make jokes about being a disembodied head. I'm sorry. The audio went off a little bit. Did he just say you have a nice penis here? It sounded like no. really. <laughs> you got a nice a PC a here. Nice wait, 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 wait. Ah. I feel like that begs another question. What are people doing when they're learning how to type? <laughs> I just, really I'm, whipping it out. Hmm, you got a nice opinion. <laughs> you have one I'm big finger for the wait, space what bar. What are you using to type? I want to know. <laughs> you, you could tell he was still workshopping his lines because he said, let's do this instead of let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. When you hear your family never in the pasta bread bowl. Book of the bepple. Book of the bepple. I mean, that is more or less how they sounded in like the Mario, Mario and Luigi RPG, yep. right? That was yeah. my favorite. That, they would just start naming random Italian food dishes. And I'm like, wow, oh, this is man. in no way racist. That's that's still <laughs> insane that like usually, usually Nintendo like proper doesn't talk with whatever arm is putting out Mario teaches typing or Mario is missing. Mm. I, I find it bizarre he's somehow canonized from that game. Well, I think probably work was well underway on Mario 64, and uh, they just you know what? had there him you are. having done those lines, and it's like, and and I think the uh, the floating head, it's like it's it's like a video of like a 3D rendered floating head that plays, and I think mm. it might have originally premiered at like CES a couple of years before that, mm. like where the head was just like yelling things at at people in the crowd. Um, yeah, there's there's video of it on YouTube. Which I just that I was didn't such a to find. that was such a signature part of Mario sixty four was the floating head that you could stretch out the cheeks and the nose mm -hmm. and, and kind of mess around with. Yeah, it was kind of similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
But I, I wanted to say about Charles Martinet, um, I think I've said this on previous shows. If you're not already, you should definitely follow him on Instagram or any other social media place he has. Like a lot of people used to refer to Pat Sajak, the host of uh, Wheel of Fortune, as America's uncle. I think Charles Martinet has run with that title and has sort of taken it over. Like, it is so sweet. The man is just, you know, Nintendo basically puts him on world tours to promote Mario games. And he's having, like, the time of his life. And he just looks like kind of your your old batty uncle that's just out there having a good time. You know, just loves being the Mario character. Like, you could just tell everyone who asks for an autograph or some time with him, he does the voice. Like, he is, he's America's new crazy uncle. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, I, I will say, as dumb as it is, when you said Wheel of Fortune, I understood it as We Love Fortune. We Love Fortune. <laughs> this is Mario we love. It's an unreleased game. Yeah, we love a fortune. Manja. We love Fortune Street. <laughs> a game that also stars a Mario and Charles Martinet. Yeah. I just, I just think this is important, because I didn't know Charles Martinet had such a body of work until I went looking for it. And it's yeah. because one of the mm-hmm. games, the only other game I know that I heard him in, he also says his name before he talks. And I didn't yeah. I didn't know he was... Because remember, I'd, I'd always yell that, like, Nolan North is too good to be in all these shitty games. Like, somebody <laughs> should pay him a fortune to... Naughty Dog should pay him a fortune so you can't have the voice of this character. It's yeah. too like, good. Lock him down, yeah. You should, you should be able to lock it down. And I... For no other reason than I am absolutely doing way too much Woody Woodpecker uh, research right now. Um, mm. <laughs> did no you North like, was Woody Woodpecker? No, but did you did you ever like for people uh, over thirty? Did you ever hear like what you ever saw a Woody Woodpecker cartoon? Right, the uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Guess who the, the the voice that opens the every cartoon? Mm-hmm. That was Mel Blanc. Oh then, right, uh, yeah. And then Looney for two cartoons, and then Looney Tunes is like. We cannot let this happen. He has to be the voice of our characters. We have to pay him so much that he'll never, ever voice another character. We have to lock down this voice. And they, you know, they gave him a bunch of concessions. No one else could be credited for voice yeah. work in Looney Tunes cartoons. But, like, got to lock that rich man dick down. Lock it down. <laughs> I, but, like, you don't want Charles Martinet out there doing any other well, character if actually, he's Mario. He should be starving say, because you haven't made a Mario game in a year. I was looking at a lot of his credits, and I think Nintendo pretty much has done that other than one recent exception when you mm-hmm. look at all of his credits since for the past like i don't know five years at least maybe going back 10 it's all mario luigi wario all the nintendo characters like they have pretty much either either they lock him down officially or they just keep him so busy because he is on hundreds of credits like it is a lot of mario wow. work that, that's that's probably insane too because even though there's not a proper mario game every year there's always some Ensemble sports game, sports game right. where he voices up to six characters. Well, and he only yeah, has absolutely. like he only has like five lines that he always does. So I'm like, <laughs> what are they? What? Why bring him back in? You got all the lines already. You're good. Because not just anybody can say, "Let's pickle and so long, Gay Bowser." <laughs> that's right. So long, Gay Bowser. No, only he can say that. That's right. He's the only one that's allowed. That's right. But uh, he also, it turns out, says a bunch of other things, and we'll dive into those right after this. This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. <laughs> Going on with a yo-yo because it automatically retracted. Yeah. You throw it out and just automatically pull back. The, the yo-yo ball, this is what the commercial sounded like. Yo! Yo! Yo-yo ball! It's so much fun and easy to do. Have to whine it, you can do it all. Hey man, it's a yo-yo ball. 
So I personally hit myself in the face of the yo-yo ball like 900,000 <laughs> times because it like it really does retract back to you no matter what like force you think you're using. We were little kids in the uh, 80s and 90s. Fucking 1950s songs were used to advertise everything to us. Huh. Yeah. And all the time. Like, you know, doo It's the big bopper. <laughs> for, for the game Sorry. And, like, I saw, I was watching cartoons, and, like, there's a new modern Yo-Yo Ball commercial. They didn't change the lyrics. What? Uh, but they added a modern sound. It's made by Childish Gambino. It's a Yo-Yo Ball. It's so much fun and easy to do. Around you goes, it comes back to you. And you never have to whine it. You can do it all. Everybody. It's a Yo-Yo Ball. <laughs> I was wondering if it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely real. Wow. Well, it, it seems hard to believe, like, in, you know, this, like, electronic age, like, somebody, like, marketing something like that. I have a kid. Like, sometimes, like... The simplest thing, like, that's fucking fun. If I bought him a yo-yo, he'd look at me like I was an asshole. I bought him a yo-yo. That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with what? The top five non-Mario roles voiced by Charles Martinet, beloved voice of Mario. And we'll jump right in, beginning with our... Number five. I'm glad you came, Zephyr. Do you remember me? I was the witness assigned to your execution. My name is Lagerfeld. I was once Cardinal of the Tenth Diocese of Chandelier. I've come to bury the grief of the bereaved and the dead. Okay, this is kind of a departure, but that was Charles Martinet right there. That was the voice of Mario. In a game that somehow went completely under my radar when it came out in, like, 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. This is from Resonance of Fate. Yeah. Have any of you heard of this game? Yes. Uh, uh, big failure, but pretty revered, if I can, if I recall. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting RPG that, like, it has turn-based gun battles that look a little bit like Parasite Eve, but then when... Your characters attack, they go into like these ridiculous acrobatic devil may cry style flips and, and bullet ballet stuff and it's really, yeah. really cool to I watch. I think this wasn't this like sort of around the time of like equilibrium and gun kata and every every stylish game had to have something like that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. No, had, but he played I love the character. It's Cardinal Lagerfeld, which sounds so similar to Carl Lagerfeld. Which mm-hmm. is, that's like a big fashion thing, right? I'm, I'm sure it was named after him. Sadly, he looks nothing like it. No, no, but he looks, he does look freaking sweet. Michael, you yeah. sent me the video. <laughs> yeah, he does. So so the main character, uh, Zephyr, in this game is like this immortal guy. And in like the opening cutscene, he shoots a bullet that make, makes this seminary just fucking explode. <laughs> and it turns out there were a bunch of people in there at the time. Uh, most of them non-combatants, and so one of Zephyr's big things is that uh, he has to continue living with this horrible thing that he's done. But the Cardinal, Cardinal Lagerfeld, does not want him to. The explosion wreaked such damage; many of the corpses were beyond recognition. How should we mark their graves? The mother of a boy whose body was riddled with bullets said she could forgive you. Tell me, why did you live while they died? Is your life worth more than theirs? It sickens me to even look at you. Your life 
is a blasphemy. Your very existence shakes the foundation of faith. Only your death will satisfy me. Or to put it another way. <laughs> oh yeah, Mario time. That's <laughs> that is the most radical departure I can possibly think oh, of. Jesus that is Christ. years of pent up acting right there. Just like yeah. these motherfuckers, they only let me say wow. three lines. I'm going to show them all the acting. I'm going to show off my range. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I could man. hear him chewing the scenery in that one. It is, mm. oh man, yeah. When you sent me that link, Michael, you were just like, "Wow, this escalated quickly. Like this just goes to ten right away." <laughs> yeah, and and then there's the the battle chat with him. You're about to learn something very interesting, Zephyr. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm only here to kill. This battle is just a pretense to tell you the truth. What truth, Zephyr? You may have been misguided. He was never alone because uh, his sister was in the building. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, he so killed his own sister. This is my my sister. There were a lot of orphans in that school. Their blood is on your hands. And someone shoots him, and he gets to have his great death moment, which I don't think any other Charles Martinet character has really had, an on-screen <laughs> prolonged stumbling death. How prolonged are Not we talking? Um, you know, he, he makes those... Actually, I cut like a few more seconds of this uh, 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 sounds, so... Yeah. I mean, we did talk about in Gaming Urban Myths, Luigi supposedly hung himself as the premise for uh, Luigi's Mansion. But, it's yeah, true. Another off-screen. Oh. Another dark Charles Martinet character. <laughs> dark. Poor Luigi. He will never know the fulfillment of being the hero. All right. Well, let's move on to a game I know at least some of you have a passing familiarity with. Number four. This is DJ Pete Koji bringing you a special broadcast of supreme culture. Rokaku Bonsai Radio. Okay, there's a hint in what he just said, but I want to see. Do you, any of you remember what this is? Jetson no. Radio what? Future! Yes! What? So, yeah, he was he was the big bad, uh, Goji Rokaku, in Jetset Radio Future. No, no idea. You guys he can't runs. see it, but I'm doing the I'm doing the Jet Set dance just in place like all the characters did on their skates, just standing by myself. <laughs> Probably sounds really good on the mic. And yes, you can unlock him and play as him and he'll he'll do little dances too when he's just standing around. Which is which is always fun. But uh, he runs the the final boss battle kinda like a party DJ. This tower is not furnished and that is why I need you. All of you, with your voices, we can complete this tower of ultimate beauty together. I could, I could kind of see like a big rave DJ, like, yeah, everybody, raise your voices. Let's complete this tower I've just invented. But he is actually like, even though he's like an evil corporate executive in this game about uh, flying around on jet skates and graffitiing walls, 
he, when you meet him, he's like at, at a turntable <laughs> doing mystical DJ shit and then turns into a demon called Akumu. Man, this game has never been re-released, has it? Nope. Uh, there's a there's a version on PC that um, the textures... I was just playing it probably a month ago. It looks really... Well, hold on. No, I'm sorry. That's just Jet Grind Radio. So yes, Jet, the first yeah, one. Been Jet Set Radio Future, I th- I don't think has been released anywhere because that is was like the Xbox exclusive. Yeah, but yeah. how long? <laughs> the average Xbox exclusive is six months. No, I mean, it's coming, uh, my, coming my up point on is another decade. The, the, the rights are just probably tied up somewhere. I guess is my point. Probably, but no. But it's, it only bothers me because, like, I bought an Xbox partially based on that Sega commitment that they made to the Xbox, and I'm mm. just slowly realizing almost none of their Sega exclusives have ever been available anywhere else. This Crazy well, Taxi Three, Panzer Dragoon Orta. Oh yeah. yeah. How about House? Well, House of the Dead Three has been available elsewhere, it right? Has, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the the Wii Waggle version. Yeah. Yeah, it does. See, I mean, this is a series that I just I want somebody to bring it back. Like I said, I was just playing it the other day, and I was I was like, I really I totally forgot how good the series was. Even with there was some you know the the controls were super wonky. It was really hard to control at times, and it was really floaty and stuff. But no other game has had as much style, I think, probably since those games. Like, those games were nothing if not stylish and just super yeah. fun. And I think, yeah, Jet Grind Radio is probably more widely beloved, and uh, it's the one that's been re-released. But if you are able to go back and play uh, Jet, Jet Set Radio Future, which I think has, like, some limited backward compatibility on 360... Like, it has aged so much better. Right. Like, this is kind of more what you want the original to control like, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was an evolution for a series that I keep seeing re-releases of. Mm-hmm. We're, like, moments away from a Switch release of Jet Grind Radio, and most of the world has never played Jet Set Radio Future. No. Ah. Yeah, Jet Grind Radio's been on pretty much everything. It's I, I think I have it on my phone. I have yeah, it on my I Vita. Mean, do we need to just like really quickly recap the premise of these games because there was awesome. Basically, you are a, a skateboarding street gang that is a uh, tagging gang. Like your whole they, thing is is to you, spray paint. There are no skateboards. You oh, are sorry. on yeah, uh, jet rollerblades. Right. Yeah, and you can grind on rails. But there were rival skating gangs that you yes. would encounter throughout the city who would do different tagging marks, and so you were basically mm-hmm. having like turf wars over who could spray paint better stuff and do cool. Skating trick. It was basically 1990s the video game. Now that I think about Honey, it, yeah, Ro- rollerblades. 1990s future. It's if if the Warriors was set in Japan. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I remember. They wouldn't fight. They would draw. <laughs> I remember the original game that the whole time I was thinking, man, this is harder than actually learning how to do this in real life. I think. You say that because you have grace. Uh, not <laughs> much. Probably actually skate. I just I had a terrible time with the controls personally. I think maybe I'm just not good at video games. No, that's going to be the case. Well, how are you at tagging? Well, I'll, there you go. <laughs> well, she'll never tell. She hasn't been caught yet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gra- so I'm just remembering graffiti is art, but graffiti is a crime when you do it on the streets. Whatever the hell that awful disclaimer <laughs> said in the the U.S. version. I'm just remembering this game was bundled with Xboxes for a limited right. time. Yeah. With Sega, like, Sega Rally GT. Yes, like that's that's how much it was a big deal for Microsoft to have an exclusive. like Because like the Jet Grind Radio series was one of the few Dream, Dreamcast exclusives that like people were just like, yeah, we have to have this on some other system. And at the time, the Xbox made the most sense because the, the big-ass Duke controller was the closest to the Dreamcast controller with its configuration and the triggers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I just... I think, I just want to ask, like, even even though this was uh, from 
from an earlier, somewhat simpler time. Uh, can a characterization be racist if it's published by a Japanese company? Yeah, he does a lot of that screaming just at the end of his sentences. Mm. Um, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, okay. Good to know. <laughs> I think anything can be offensive to Americans, but uh, uh, your depiction of other cultures is a, wrapped up in how you have historically treated other cultures, mm. and so I can't ex- I can't explain what the Japanese should be ashamed of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> let's jump ahead to number three. And uh, again, I apologize in advance, especially to you, Elena. This is going to be somewhat racist. Despite our reputation for being pacifist, we Volgas have developed an extremely practical martial arts technique used mainly for defensive purposes. It is called the Volga nerve pinch. <laughs> what so the fuck? <laughs> this is from uh, Space Quest Six. So remember when I was saying Charles Martinet is everyone's uncle? Yeah, apparently he's every, he's everyone's racist uncle. <laughs> that I forgot to mention. Yeah. So it's like Thanksgiving any time yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you guys have seen the Twitter meme. You can always do an Italian accent. It's not racist. Uh, that sort of changes when you're doing other accents. Yeah, but totally. this, he played multiple characters in this game. I thought you were going to pull yes. clips of the other guy who's. I guess not racist, but he plays sort of like a hillbilly uh, liquor store owner. The, the, oh, you, the... you mean Pa Konshahaken? I'd like a bottle of your cold Syrian brandy, please. Well, so you're interested in the good stuff, eh? <laughs> I'll just take that 20. Thank you. I haven't sold much of this stuff lately, except for some sorry-looking little pud. <laughs> oh, hey, that reminds me. He still owes me some money. No, oh, I can't believe I fell for that Damn. Oh well, enjoy, <laughs> sucker. So, uh, Charles Martinet is—he is, he is uh, credited with playing three characters in 1995 Space Quest Six. He played Ray Trace, a joke character that doesn't actually exist, but was credited to him anyway. He played Pa Conshohocken, who you just heard, and he played. Patui, who's the first guy we heard, who's a member of the vulgar aliens. They're, you know, supposed to be Vulcans, but they apparently spend their time uh, cruising the galaxy and correcting people's grammar. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the the impression that he's going for is sort of like if Robin Williams were trying to play an understated kung fu master. Dude, I was just going to say that same fucking thing in terms of... That accent, that is exactly the kind of thing Robin Williams would bust out on a talk show when he yeah. misunderstands a word. Do oh. I need to point out that Dustin Hoffman played the Kung Fu Master in the Kung Fu Panda movies? So He did, not, but, yeah, but he, he wasn't doing like an accent. That's uh, true. Not That's like true. this. The applier pinches the bundle of nerve fibers at the base of the neck while whispering into the victim's ear dialogue from either Tango and Cash or Hudson Hawk. <laughs> what? Thank you in cash, please. So I can't. Speak. Oh, there's. I can't speak. He. he sorry, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I can't speak for all of my people, <laughs> but on the scale of video game voice acting uh, and or dialogue, that seems incredibly racist when it comes mm. to uh, Asian character depiction. Mm-hmm. Um, that is actually not even triggering more than a four on a scale of ten. Really. For me. Really? Really? Huh. Well, that I think makes me feel what, slightly better up? about it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like my, I think 
a, a nine, maybe an eight or a nine for me would be uh, Tenchu. <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> original wow. PlayStation. Like, that is just so bad in so many ways. Like, the voice acting's mm. kind of not great. The the dialogue itself is not great. It's just so bad. Okay, now, where, well, do you, where do your I'm, people fall on Tango and Cash and Hudson Hawk? That's the real question. Um, the hmm. Chinese have a very I mean, low tolerance for Danny Aiello. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to hear where this falls, because I'm sure it's higher than a four. Hmm. Please to notice the location of my hand as I begin the narcotic chant of cinematic morphine. He mutters something thankfully unintelligible into the ear of the volunteer. Oh, thank you, sir. Maybe you can fix me up with your sister. I can follow up. Oh, we're going to have margaritas together. Oh, let's hope let's get a oh, We have fun. Oh, get a hubba hubba going in the way. And then just like that. Oh, oh, oh. If you can apply a proper grip to the neck, it will disable nine out of ten neck-bearing species. Wow. <laughs> That's the voice of Gary Owens in there, too. Yes, Space he's Ghost himself. Space Ghost and uh, the host of Laughing, Rowan and Martin's yes. Laughing. But, okay, can I just say, I never realized that little thing he was just doing, they do that for Mario, just sped up. It's basically an Adam Sandler. Like, kind of hoo-hoo, and it's such a hoo-ha, and it's a hoo-hoo. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's older than oh. Adam Sandler, but yes, you're right. <laughs> Uh, please to delete that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to show my own potential racist tendencies here. Mm, because mm-hmm. when I heard that whole segment, I didn't think, oh, you're making fun of Chinese tonal languages. I thought, is that supposed to be a bad French accent? <laughs> it could be several things, honestly. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm Charles Martinet, no? <laughs> Wait, doesn't he speak French fluently? Probably. I, I remember, because uh, you guys mentioned something about this before the show, so I kind of briefly looked it up. And I, apparently he speaks, I think he speaks like all the Romance languages or the major Romance languages, but oh, wow. Italian. So like he's like <laughs> fluent in Spanish and fluent in French, but he doesn't actually speak any <laughs> Italian. The one that he would think? Supposedly. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look at it very in depth. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. <laughs> I feel like I owe you an apology for subjecting you to that, Elena. I'm sorry. It's really, it's actually, I would characterize it the same way that Chris would have, or Chris did actually, where Hmm. it's it's very sophisticated. It's almost like someone who's self-aware of how it might Mm -hmm. come across. So it's a very muted kind of thing. It doesn't, let me put it this way. Five-year-olds on the playground that I went to school with, far Uh, more savage. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not surprised. And this game was what ninety six, ninety seven, so ninety five, I, mean, I think. Not, not to, not that that's an excuse, but mm. back then I could easily see this kind of slipping through as, oh, that's fine. That's just uh, this. This is typical Sierra games. I could easily yeah. also think of this being in a LucasArts game. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, a more recent vintage. Number two. Having capably concluded another awe-inspiring adventure, Commander Video and Command Girl Video now find themselves vacationing in the famously flavorful world known as Foodland. So this is the entry that actually inspired this list, and I forgot mm-hmm. to preface the show. Um, this whole episode, uh, full, credit, full credit goes to Dave Rudden. Ah, uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, Dave Rudden had this idea, um, and this was meant to tie with the release of 
Runner 3. And I it kind of I remembered the idea and I said, well, you know what? Mario Tennis Aces just came out and that has a lot of Charles Martinet. Let's let's oh do that. Oh boy, idea does now. it ever. Yes, it certainly does. So yeah, by the way, thank you, Dave. Excellent idea. We loved kind of going back I'm and listening dumb. to all these. But this is this is from Runner. Yeah, Runner. so and, and Runner being the game that like the first thing you hear when you load up Runner 2 is this is Charles Martinet. Yeah, but not in that the voice. Not I'm Charles voice. Martinet, and now it's time for Runner 3. Uh, he also he is returning from the previous runner. I'm Charles Martinet, and now it's time for Bit Trip Presents Runner 2, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien. Today's thrilling point? episode is brought to you in part by Pears. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> at, at what point did they drop the bit trip? Because I always used to call it bit trip yeah. runner, and then yeah. it just seemed like for the sequels it was just runner two and three. Yeah, well, with runner two. Uh, okay. I don't know that they they brought out that many other games other than runner. And so, well, by, by it, the way, it, there it is. Like People always had a sort of debate, is it Charles Martinet, which I know we've been saying the whole episode, or Martinet? They're just straight from the man's mouth himself. He says Martinez, so we've mm. been sort of saying it wrong. And if you look at his IMDb profile, there are alternate spellings that sometimes it's with two E's and no T. Sometimes it's Charles Martinez. So Wait, what? Yeah. 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 yeah There's that's his, a couple his things where he's credited credit. as Charles Martinez. Huh. Yeah. Funny. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, in, in, but in Runner 3, he's not only the narrator, you can play as him, right? He's actually a, an unlockable playable character. Yes, and that's that's why this is so high on this list because yeah, you you can uh unlock Charles Martinet himself who's kind of an unflattering caricature I think, but he obviously had to sign off on it. But uh I don't think he actually talks while you're playing as him, which is a little disappointing, but he does do all kinds of weird little dance moves while he's running at high speeds. And you do get to launch him into a target at the end of levels. So that's pretty cool. I wonder if they had to be careful, like, you couldn't make... If he makes any noises jumping or running, Nintendo would just jump on that. Like, no no pun intended. No pun intended. But they would be like, well, you can't be like... Any any noise would would be too similar to Mario. I'm wondering if that's why they did that. Hmm. In addition to the games, just... Maybe it's just like, who? Ha! (laughs) I know that's... Oh, yeah. Martin A time. (laughs) (laughs) Martin A. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say, Elena? I said tortured noises could work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't think any of the characters in Runner really talk or make a lot of noise. Like, Commander Video is pretty silent, right? I guess. I mean, yeah. it's called Runner, not Talker. So. <sighs> Maybe it should be called Talker. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. the Legend of a Rhythm in. Alien. <laughs> is Commander Video really a Smash trophy? That can't be. Is he? Huh. Apparently. That's odd, but okay. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know enough about Smash, honestly. Uh, well, then you should listen to our episode a few episodes ago where we talked exclusively oh. about Smash, Michael. <laughs> I believe but that's VGA they... episode 268. Uh, not to not to plug or anything. Oh, or maybe, uh, no. Yeah, I think if you... Like, like now that you mentioned, uh, you know, if he can't be too close to Mario or Nintendo, will clamp down. Uh, just having him in a platformer it seems almost like playing with fire. Like, yes, there's no not going to be any confusion between his uh, white-haired character and Mario, but at the same time, it's like that's so close to putting Mario right. in your game. Well, they probably used to have the excuse like, no, it's a runner, until Nintendo came out with Super Mario Run. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> trying to corner the market there. Yeah. Man. Oh, Nintendo. 
really? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on to... Dremulok, greetings, Wundunik. I am Parthenax. And I'm here to give you a language lesson. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Who, who remembers Parthenax? I do. Nope. Yeah. I so, do. You, you, find, you meet him at the top of a mountain. Yes, in Skyrim. That's the important key thing. This is from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Mm. Parthenax is the one friendly dragon in the game. I, actually, there might be another one toward the end. I forget. But uh, he is he is a very old dragon who teaches you uh, shouts that you need to uh, learn to defeat Alduin, the main bad guy. And he says things like this. Hear my thum. Feel it in your bones. Match it. If you are Dovahkiin. Uh Yeah, Thum, Dragon Shout, as anyone who played Skyrim knows. Uh, so, yeah, he just kind of hangs around up there, uh, flies away and comes back. And uh, you can have some fairly long conversations with this gigantic monster. We were made to dominate. The will to power is in our blood. You feel it in yourself. Do you not? Yeah. Part of the reason that he gets along with you, of course, is because you are dragonborn. You're the, the idea of the game is that you have a dragon soul in your uh, mortal human elf uh, cat person, whatever body. <laughs> sure. And uh, that's no, that's real. <laughs> yeah, sure. The Khajiit, if you will. No, I know. I, mean, I, I, I made a character that was uh, the cat people. I can't pronounce the yeah. word ever. E the Khajiit, easily addicted yeah. to skooma. The drug yep. of choice in the mm -hmm. uh, other scrolls world. Um, I will say this is the one uh, role on here that when I listen to it, it's almost impossible to pick it out as Charles Martinet. Like mm -hmm. everything else, you yeah. can kind of hear his voice. They do a really good job. Like he might as well be the next Optimus Prime. Like they're masking his voice really well in this. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I, I'm being a very critical cartoon fan. I don't think you'd call Mario great voice work, but that performance shows what a great voice actor he really is. That's a tremendous amount of range. Yeah, absolutely. Between that and Cardinal Lagerfeld and these other things, I think, like, you know, we're, we're so conditioned to expect just like, hey, I'm a Charles Martinet. I do one character. That's all I can do. <laughs> right. And no, he's, he's actually a, a very good character actor. And well, the difference, you know, what's, what's odd about this, though, is this obviously is later in his career, and he's been Mario for several years at this mm -hmm. time. I don't recall um, Bethesda like using this as a marketing point and hyping this up like, hey, we got the no. voice of Mario to do a character, which normally at this point when you get a big actor like that, you that's kind of a thing you can use that people will write about is, hey, did you guys hear this is Charles Martinet? You can't recognize him. He has this really cool or, or even what a lot of people will do is they will leak. Hey, the voice of Mario is somewhere in this game. Like, can you pick it out anywhere? And, they, you know, mm -hmm. and it will become a thing. But this is like. Until after the fact, we looked it up. I don't recall anyone talking about this. No, and I mean, Bethesda usually likes to talk about that stuff. Like, I think even, like, Oblivion, probably even if you've never played it, you've at least heard somewhere that Patrick Stewart's in it. Uh, yeah, or, or and, the voice of Wonder Woman uh, yeah. herself has is, is been in Oblivion, and she, or she's in Skyrim, and she's in, like, they featured her, uh, Lind, I'm sorry, I, I should remember her name, Linda... Linda Carter. Linda Carter. She's, like, a, a featured part of the marketing campaign for Fallout 4. Uh, mm. And yet with this, yeah, he's just sort of this... 
I sort of like when devs do that. It's just like this little secret thing, and, and they're just going to keep the secret to themselves, and they don't need to hype yeah. it up, and it's it's just between kind of them. I mean, it's only secret because uh, it's it's very difficult to recognize his voice in there. I mean, this is a story-critical character that you will meet in the main quest line. Uh, but he he is, again, very accepting of you. Ah, yes. The dragon blood runs strong in you. It is long since I had the pleasure of speech with one of my own kind. And he talks about that after you've just yelled at him with the dragon shout. Once again, all about race, Charles Martinet. I'm sensing a pattern here. So oh, one of his own kind. Range hmm. or race? Race, race. He's talking about his own kind. Hmm. Uh, mm. Me thinks me detects a dog whistle. Just saying, Charles. Yeah. This game's racist against dragons. <laughs> Dragonborn, at least. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I can feel it in my thumb. I feel that racism in my thumb. <laughs> in your shout? Does that mean <laughs> you're know. shouting racism? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Charles Martinet has given us uh, years of entertaining and sometimes questionable performances in games, uh, and uh, I think he'd probably just like to say one thing to the audience. Thank you very much for playing my games. Again, an <laughs> Italian two, accent is not racist. <laughs> what the? F- Did he say games is? He said for games two is. playing my games is. So was he mm-hmm. like Gollum in that clip? No, that's Sounds Mario like- again. <laughs> He sounds like a Latin Mr. T. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can you can you tell us how you think that sounds, Chris? I really want that. (laughs) No, yeah, I think I need to hear that too. (laughs) I pity the fools. (laughs) I pity the fool who don't eat Mr. T cereal. I'm going to listen to this again, thinking Latin Mr. T. Thank you very much for playing my games. Yeah, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> Mr. T oh, was the only person now I knew I who it. pluralized things with ziz. Oh, wearing gold oh, chains. Oh, I see. I him see. and him and Gollum. That's who else I was saying is yeah. Everything mm. was gameses. The the ringses, bagginses, bagginses. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. We hates it forever. <laughs> was that five? Did we get all through all five games? We did. That was all five. And oh, and by we the way, we just been just very quick. Out. I, we, we've had some fun at Mr. Martinet's expense, but he is sort of a treasure, and it's all yes. in fun. And um, it was fun to dig back and, and find some of these. You can also find some of his like filmography where he's done non-game stuff, and that is a joy to go through. He's had some random... He played the father of the lead character in the game. Really? Yeah, it said Nicholas's father he's credited as, and I believe Nicholas is, is um, Michael Douglas, right? Yeah, I guess. I yes. never saw that movie. It must be like in a flashback scene. You didn't? No. He's given a gift from his brother, Sean Penn. But is it real or is it a game? Ooh. Tonight at nine. <laughs> uh, but I, I also didn't know until somewhat recently in one of my favorite Nintendo games, Super Punch-Out, he's like the voice of everything. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was listening Seven, to those. Eight, nine, ten. <laughs> that was another Got one where it. it was really hard to identify that it was him but it was also just because the tech was so bad it was yeah. like really muddy vocals but then i was curious like was he also all of all of the boxer voices because if so Please. again the dude has some range as long as it's related to stereotypes and things <laughs> like bob charlie <laughs> oh my bob charlie uh, you don't have to name everybody in one day mm. <laughs> good god <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think on that note, we should take a little break. We're going to go out on one of my favorite video game themes, the theme song to Rising Zan, in which uh, Charles Martinet had a small role as Master Suzuki. See if you can pick it out. When we come back, we'll get to some community stuff. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 2008. This is crazy. Last segment, 10 years ago, Windows 98 releases. This year, June 27th, Bill Gates steps down as chairman of Microsoft to focus full-time on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Bill Gates hasn't worked at Microsoft in a decade. That's crazy. I figure, I mean, once you get past $2 billion, it's a full-time job just to give it away. Yeah, after that, you have a mental illness if you work. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day because we had uh, a car show near here where, like, the featured car was a McLaren that cost a million dollars. And this guy just has a car that cost a million (laughs) dollars. And I just thought about what I would do with a million dollars that's not buying a car. Two men at the same Uh, time? uh... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And then after that, (laughs) like... Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our wonderful and talented second segment, uh, where we will jump right in to talk about the question of the week. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's your favorite game of 2018 so far? Uh, Elena, you weren't on last week. Do you have an answer? This is this is super embarrassing for me because I actually have yet to touch any 2018 games. I'm st- I'm, I made it. I made it my goal for 2018 to make some kind of dent in my backlog, and I have mm. been sticking to that. But it just makes me look even more pathetic. No, now I'm doesn't. either current or up to date on anything. I, I have to tell you, Elena, that was a common answer. I was combing through the answers, and a lot of people said the exact same thing that they have. They've either touched none or only one 2018 game. But a lot of people said. They were, they were taking the time to dig through their backlog, and I think it's probably just a little bit of a hangover because 2017 was such an epic games year that a lot of people are like, hey, I have to go back and play some of these. In, in the meanwhile, they are missing out. 2018 so far has had some really good games as well. So get on that. Oh, I know. I know I'm missing out. I just, it hurts to be reminded of it so publicly. So we will ask you again in like 2021. What was your good Yes, t- yes, that would, so be a, would be a great time to check back in with me. Perfect. Okay, uh, so some of your answers to the question of the week from the official Laser Time Facebook community, which you should all be a part of by now. Turn to page 27 and look for the code under line 38, uh, section B. Andrew Giacchetti, or Giacchetti, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I think it's it. Giacchetti? I think Says... Uh, Paschetti. Uh, probably oh. a toss-up oh. between... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, failed 
racism. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm signing off on this. It's fine. That's right. That's he's right. not sensitive. Chris is the mayor of Italian people. He can give you that. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew, you're an honorary white now. You can no longer be defended. Um, Did we just pull the racism? I have an Italian friend card. (laughs) No. I have an I am Italian me. I don't want this fucking name. I mean, we, like us, the rest of us that aren't Italian. (laughs) Oh. But the answer, he says, probably a toss up between Monster Hunter and God of War, but I've been Mm. chipping away at my backlog. I think I put the most time into Monster Hunter World of the games that came out in 2018. If that Jacob Seed region was different, I might have said Far Cry 5. The Jacob Mm. ones were a bit rough to go through. Those are the ones where uh, it's sort of spoilery territory, so skip ahead for 10 seconds. But they basically force you to go through a killing thing and kill a bunch of people over and over again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little hard to play through. Yeah, I could see that. Arcado Perry. <laughs> yeah. He might be Italian. You don't know. Uh, hands down, Monster Hunter World for me. I had been waiting for a full-blown console uh, console Mahan since I got into the series with 3 Ultimate on the 3DS, and it did not disappoint. All the quality of life changes Capcom added. The huge maps with no loading zones between instant crafting when you pick up materials and the fireflies that track your monsters for you. Made it the best playing uh, game in the series and impossible for me to go back to older games. Ooh, that is a good point, Ricardo. I put over 300 uh, hours in since it came out, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. And there's still there's still gradual content, free content coming out for yeah. Monster Hunter World. It's Ooh. just pretty insane. And, and, and he's right. He, it, it's, it, is one of those, it is one of those sequels that makes going back and playing earlier versions impossible. Yeah, I can see that. It's just so much easier now. Well, I'm I'm curious because Four Ultimate is coming to Switch. Like that's the version that's being like they were hyping up at E3. So, how will people respond to that in a post Monster Hunter world? world. As Homer Simpson, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> anyway, Dan Strothman or Strothman says the most fun I've had with a 2018 game is Far Cry Five. The setting of Montana grabs me immediately. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. And the terrain is very familiar and fun to explore. I love all the companion characters. They're helpful and have unique personalities and dialogue. The music is amazing, from the hymns to the banjo themes to the butt rock on the radio. The gameplay really lets you approach objectives however you want. Silently picking off enemies one by one or blowing the shit out of everything are both effective and satisfying gameplay loops. And, not to get political, but massacring brain-dead rural cult members can be a quite cathartic release from this nightmare hellscape that is America 2018. But not to get political. Not to get political. (laughs) But please allow me to get political. (laughs) But... Technically, Far Cry 5 started development under Obama! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. uh, and by the way, Butt Rock? That's Creed's yes. Clearwater Revival. Show a little no. fucking respect. No, it's well, no, clearly, it like hair metal. clearly someone hasn't collected all of the vinyl uh, record sets. Oh, I definitely game. have not. Not yeah, at you all. you unlock more songs uh, doing that. I mean, I, I've actually looked up like where the term butt rock comes from. You guys know this, right? No. Uh, apparently, I don't. I've been called it's, out that I don't. It's from know radio the real stations in the '80s saying nothing but rock, oh. and <laughs> people saying nothing but rock. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh. I get that's it. Good. I get and, it. And, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. And it was either in the um, uh, Laser Time Facebook community or. One a VGM community I'm in, involved in, but if there is a best of VGM so far this year, I got to give a shout out to Far Cry 5's menu music. 
it's transfixing and beautiful. Yep. And I, I just posted and I, I posted it. a YouTube video of it to the Laystown Facebook community, and I'm like, does anyone else like oh, this? that was you. And I had some guy just say, yeah, we put it on while we are eating dinner. And I was like, do you eat dinner? <laughs> wow. I was like, do you eat dinner in your bomb shelter? And he's like, uh, sort of. Like, actually, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, it's wonderful. Elena, you want to read the next one? Yeah. All right. So this one's from Grace Scrams Lane. Um, And they say, after bouncing off of the series as a whole for several years, Monster Hunter World finally pared down its more annoying mechanics and let me get at the good meaty... Oh, God, I'm going to mess this up. (laughs) Otagaron? I don't know how to say it either. Sinew, they had been hiding. That tells you how much I know about this... uh, this franchise. <laughs> the central loop Otacon. of craft, eat, hunt, repeat proved so addictive that I sank 400 hours into it distressingly quickly and had to trade it into GameStop after platinuming it, goddamn those crown trophies, to protect my sanity and productivity. <laughs> wow. That's what? super can impressive. You, can you really say 400, 400 hours. hours and distressingly quickly about anything that's... <laughs> I mean, I can see it feeling distressingly fast. Like, oh my god, how was that 400 hours room? I mean, uh, Monster Hunter's that kind of game where, like, seasons change and you forget to notice. It's mm. <laughs> love Monster That was Hunter. very poetic, Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. Juan Ramon Umania says... Uh, Say dra- it like Mario. Uh, <laughs> Juan Ramon Umania says... Or, or like an American, uh, Juan Ramon Umania... <laughs> Says Dragon Ball Fighters. It's the reason I have a PS4 and the thing I've been playing nonstop since January. Mother, you're not alone. You're not alone. One. Um, it's a lot of fun. Jake Terrell says uh, God of War is the basic bitch answer, but give me give me a pumpkin spice latte because it's. Game I love game. this answer so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's like worthy yeah. of. Uh, that's worthy of what like your. Uh, Pass the mint jelly because I'm living on the land. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Duke Lombardi. <laughs> consider me a basic bitch too, because yeah, God of War is yeah. really good, and if that makes me yeah, a basic yeah. bitch, I am basic AF. Well, according mm. to the Twitter poll you ran, Matthew, fifty uh, percent of our listeners are basic bitches <laughs> because we gave everyone a choice. Y'all of, basic. Uh, uh, what? What? Which uh, game of the year entry they agreed with most? Fifty percent went with God of War. Uh, only 8% went with Moss and Minute, which had to share an entry. Mm. Uh, 11% went with Far Cry 5, and 31% went with Monster Hunter World. Mm. It sounds about right. Yeah. It's almost close. Um, That's about how we ranked them, too. <laughs> at MCDGreg21 says, God of on War. On Twitter. On Twitter, yes. Um, God of War is a masterpiece, but it's clearly Yakuza 6. So uh, that was one of my choices last week of potential game of the year so far and yeah yakuza it it is my first yakuza game but it has hooked me and i'm like i am chomping champing at the bit to go back and play zero and kiwami and the upcoming kiwami 2 can't wait yeah they're super good uh and i will say the way that he worded that it could be read either as that yakuza 6 is clearly the game of the year or that God of War is a masterpiece, and also it is Yakuza 6. <laughs> God of War is right. yes. Stop yes. editing. He's Kiryu. <laughs> They're both dad games. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I did say Kiryu is my new husbando, but, you know, yeah. so maybe his alter ego is Kratos. Yeah. At Jorge Olguin 72 says, 
Since I haven't gotten a chance to play God of War, which looks great, by the way, my answer would have to be Dragon Ball Fighters. Not only is it a cool fighting game that's easy to jump into, but it's also an awesome DBZ game with moves that are straight from the manga slash anime. Anime, yeah. whatever. People it's, give me crap about saying that. It's Well, it, it's the best Japanimation game Japan I've ever animation. seen. <laughs> it, it really is. From and hell's I heart, I stab at this. you. And it has a cool boy band spelling of fighters with a Z on the end. So I extra credit for that. I keep wanting to pronounce it Fighter Z. I'm a terrible human being. It might being. be Fighter Z. I don't know. I, no, I, I don't think it is. I think it's just Fighters. Well, I think it's, it's I think Dragon it is Ball just Z. Fighters. But it's, but it's mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z, right? not Dragon Balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it goes beyond Z too, I think. But I think either way, like, just I cannot believe it's taken until like right now. Like this and Friday the Thirteenth are the best licensed games I've ever seen. The most worthy of their license, uh, the, the most fan servicey, the most authentic to what those things are. It's fucking astonishing that it took this long, but it's great to be here finally. And, and, and Teflon Twelve doubles up on that. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, it's quickly becoming my favorite fighting game, and I absolutely love playing it. It's a fighting uh, game that I actually really care about getting better at, mm. which apparently is possible. Getting yeah, I mean, that's better what I heard at a fighting game or that someone would want to get better, yeah, just, better like, again, at Again, I think game. I said that on another podcast. This week's Laser Time, we talked to um, a friend of mine who owns an arcade here, and he has, a custom, he has DBZ Fighters on a candy cab, and that's the game all of the children gravitate towards. And yeah. assuming... I'm, I'm assuming they don't a five to eight year old doesn't know what they're doing. They're still transfixed with the game and they can still pull shit off and they're still playing competitively with it. I played kids in it. Um, and and it, it's very, it's much more accessible than most other fighting games. Yeah. I think we were said last week, it's you can button mash and feel super awesome doing so. And you will look good doing it. And I yeah. love, I love fighting games that do that where, yeah, you don't have to know all the systems to actually sort of kick a little ass. And then if you take the time and learn the game and get better, Absolutely, you can get better, and there, those layers do exist, and that's why the uh, the FGC has embraced this game. Like it is appearing at fighting game tournaments. It's not just kind of this flash in the pan. Oh, that was a fun little thing, and now let's get back to the real fighting games. Uh, let's see. Red Rock nine six three says, "Don't have time for a video response. No cat guys. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. but so far it's Nino Kuni two. That game had so much charm that it made me smile the whole time I played it. I also platinum trophied it. I am impressed oh. by that. By the yeah. way, Red Rock nine six three. That I, I love that game. That is that is definitely in one of my personal. That is in my personal top five. Really, I didn't yeah. hear a lot of people come to bat for that game. Yeah, not a lot of people played it. I think it's it's mm-hmm. like a big release that I think just uh, kind of went under a lot of people's radars. I think it's hard to come to a jrpg on a second entry yeah. if mm-hmm. you didn't pick up the first one before and so mm-hmm. that that is what kind of kept me away from the game i said well i guess i probably should play the first one because the first one's not that old and the first one is the one that was the yeah. partnership with ghibli so it's like oh that'll be cool yeah i'll get to but that on the other hand you don't really need to play the first one because they're disconnected they stories are. that okay. are in like the same world but hundreds of years apart okay i think mm. right, so. are there any connections like common characters or anything like that I mean, there's some references back to uh, things that happened in the first game, but uh, as far as I know, there aren't. There aren't like, and, and one of the main characters is like descended from a character that you meet hmm. in the first game. Okay, but yeah. At Guinness Gamer says, "God of War might be my knee-jerk reaction, but since it's got its due, I'm going with Hollow Knight on Switch. Gorgeous look in that soundtrack, but that talk of Monster Hunter World really wants me to give it a try. Um, so yeah, Hollow Knight. I you know I didn't really consider there are a lot of games that 
made their debut on Switch this year. A lot of people said Hollow Knight. A lot of people said Dragon Quest Builders was another one that kept coming out. Uh, oh, I've, yeah, that's really good. Hollow Knight, I've only ever played on PC, but I could see uh, on Switch it could be the perfect game. So it is sort of that, I don't want to call it a Souls-like, but it, it is this like more deliberately paced, like it's difficult. It's a Metroidvania. Metroidvania, yeah. It's, it's good. And on Switch, I could see that would be a really good Switch game. Red Cyclone Inc. says, Monster Hunter World, Ryu beating up Rathalos should have been in MVC, but, <laughs> or MVCI, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, but Capcom made good anyway. He did accompany that tweet with a great picture of Ryu, the full Ryu outfit, which took some time to get. I mean, because the way they're doing those costumes is you have to, you kind of craft, or yeah, you, you craft pieces at a time and... They're usually timed with some special event with special materials. So, yeah, getting the full costume is like kind of proof like, hey, I've been playing this thing since since mm, the start. Nice. Hmm. I'm really I'm really happy a Monster Hunter character made it into MVC this year or last year. But I really did want like the fucking Sentinel character to be replaced with like a goddamn Brachidios or Rathalos, like yeah. a giant Monster Hunter monster. Yeah. Ugh, this close. This close. It could have been the new Mango Sentinel, I swear. <laughs> Elena, how about you take us out with the last one? Sure. So this is at Milk Toasted to say, gotta be DBZ. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> gotta be DBFZ. I'm usually a casual, but this game proves so accessible, yet with enough depth to keep me going back for months already. Special mention to Into the Breach, the bite-sized strategy game featuring mechs where every stage feels like a puzzle to solve. Mm, I started yeah. playing Into the Breach after we recorded the episode, uh, I also played Minute, by the way, because you guys talk it up so well, and it's really excellent. But yeah, Into the Breach, it's made by the same team that did FTL. It is really good, and, and this person is exactly right. Like, every every map is more a puzzle, because where the enemies spawn, there's, there's a lot of uh, things you play around with, like movement, where if you hit an enemy, it moves where they are on the tile. And so if they've lined up an attack, like to take out your buildings or your power... Their attack will, will kind of shoot somewhere else. And so, yeah, not yeah, only like are you doing you like, can You can knock away a monster that's going to attack a building so that it attacks one of its friends correct. instead. You can hit monsters into each other or there's attacks that if it hits a tile next to a monster, it'll push it into like a mountain and do damage. So there's, yeah, every level is a little mini puzzle. But I will also say next to Mario Tennis Aces, it is the hardest game of the year. <laughs> It's really difficult. Even I mean, it's like a it's like a roguelike strategy game that yeah. reminded me aesthetically a little bit of Advance Wars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, you, you are kind of meant to lose everything and then have to start over with a slightly different world. Yeah, it has this cool time mechanic where you basically you get to keep one of your heroes and jump back in time and restart all over again. Uh, and so, yeah, it has that roguelike thing where you do keep certain progress, but it does make you choose, and you can if that. If that pilot dies, you do lose all that progress as well. So it, you can lose that persistency, which not a lot of roguelikes do. So very interesting, very difficult. Uh, if you liked F FTL, give this game a shot. Uh, so new question of the week. Moving on. Uh, in honor of Charles Martinet's body of work uh, and the fact that we touched on almost no Mario at all except for that atrocious Mario teaches typing stuff, uh, what is your favorite Mario game of all time. I feel like we've done this before, but who cares? I think in my case, I've, I've always had a very soft spot in my heart for Super Mario World, but uh, Super Mario Odyssey uh, last year's game was something that just I could not put down. Like, I kept playing 
uh, until I finished it, and then I've been playing it just on and off obsessively ever since. Like, if I'm on a plane or something, it's like, yeah, I could knock out a few moons. Why not? I I sadly a thousand percent of that game oh, almost wow. a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I love Have you that gone back, game. though, Chris? Because they... Every time I turn on my Switch, there's, like, news items. They, they're introducing new outfits for Mario. And, and Yeah, I should go back in, because I did... The hardest thing to do in that game is unlock every outfit, because one of the things is, like, 10,000 yeah. coins, and that's kind of hard to get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm with you on World, because I had my friend's son over here, and we were playing with the SNES Mini, and it's... Both him and his son, he was enraptured with the old glory that is Mario World, and his son was for the first time sucked in by its charm and they were both loving it at like the exact same level That's it was charming to see i have to keep myself away from mario world every year because it's it is i think technically the best 2d mario game wow um however however and i'll make this a light 30 20 ted plug which i do with a uh, uh, miss michael Rapares, diana goodman um one of the gaming milestones we talked about in our show that looks 30 20 10 years ago to the stuff released that week it's the first week of Nintendo Power. Oh, huh. shit. Ever. Cool. Ever. Uh, last week it was. Um, well, it, again, it doesn't have a solid release date because it was slowly sent around the country. So was but that yeah. your favorite Mario Brothers on the cover? Two? Um, I mean, you know how iconic that image is for someone our age, right? Yeah. Like wanting a magazine like that forever and finally getting it. Like, There's so many ways to cover and experience games that are that's not playing them now. But there wasn't back then. And like seeing, being able to go, to, to be in school and be able to look over the map of a Zelda game for the first time in 1988 was like really fucking neat. And, uh, but Mario 2 has a special spot in my heart. It's the oddball, the stepchild, the weird one, but I love it so very much. And I can't wait to do something interesting with it. We get closer to the 30th anniversary this October. That's awesome. Wow. October 9th. Uh, but 302010 talks about it a little bit, as well as another Nintendo Power milestone that happens to involve John Lovitz. Let's see if you can guess what it is. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, my favorite Mario game is Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Uh, oh, I actually love so lots good. of the Mario and Luigi games. I think they're great. They're cool little like action RPGs with the fun mechanics of during combat. If you time things right, you can deflect attacks and all that stuff. And they're written really well. And I think out of the bunch, this is probably my favorite. Um, it is, you know... In addition to Charles Martinet's excellent work with Mario and Luigi and their interactions, uh, it's one of the times you really get to see Bowser developed as this kind of comedic character, and you get to play as him as a hero in certain segments. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's a really fun handheld RPG, and it's probably, in my opinion, the best of those games. So, yeah, give it a shot. No, you're not wrong. Sorry, Dream Team. (laughs) That's the best Mario and Luigi game, which, which is the best side Mario game, maybe. Uh, could be yeah. Well, there's isn't Superstar Saga another one that was yeah. I have really fond memories. The one that introduced well. Fawful. Yeah, yeah. I, I have chortles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Elena, do you have one? All right, so I have to ask a clarifying question because obviously sure. I'm not paying attention nearly well enough during this podcast. Um, are these games that Charles Martinet worked on, or just any Mario game? Just any Mario game. Any Mario game. All right. Mm-hmm. I really wish I had gone earlier in this round because Chris actually took my answer, <laughs> which was mm. going to be okay. Put your own spin on. Uh, well, no, because I don't really have anything more interesting to add than that I had an emotional attachment to that game because nobody I knew at the time liked Super Mario Brothers Two. They they thought mm. it was dumb. It wasn't the formula they were expecting. Um, it was like 
like Chris said, it was just kind of a little weird. And I always kind of had a soft spot for underdogs when I was growing up. So I really enjoyed it. And then, Michael, you mentioned Super Mario World, which I think to me is just superb pinnacle of, you know, 2D platforming, especially for that era. Um, so, I mean, it's not my favorite, but just if we're going to mention random Mario games, I'm going to throw a little shout out to, was it, uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels that came with the All-Stars pack. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. I enjoyed it. It so was hard. It was Mario super hard. Nails, Mario? Sorry, what? I said the broken tough as nails. Yeah, Mario. I, I mean, I enjoyed that kind of stuff the whole time. It's, so I played that when I was younger, and then when we finally got something that was kind of in that vein with Super Meat Boy, I just laughed the whole time I was playing Super Meat Boy because it just <laughs> it just reminded me so much of my younger years and just thinking, oh, this is the way I'm supposed to play video games. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> wow, so you, I've never seen someone who equally loved both Super Mario 2s. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a good point. Yeah, I remember, like, when I was a kid, like, I, I loved Super Mario Brothers 2, although I did think it was strange that it was so different, but I just sort of accepted it because, like, that was an era when you'd go from, like, Zelda to Zelda 2. Like, yeah. it's normal for different games in a series to play completely different from each other because that's how you get a new experience. But then finding out, like, oh, no, this isn't the real uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. That game is for Japan only. It mm. became this, like tantalizing thing like i have to play this i'm nine years old i must play this fucking game and uh <laughs> and then by the time i was actually able to play it's like oh this isn't actually that good <laughs> i'm not and enjoying uh, another myself. another thing that we'll, we'll talk about on 30 2010 soon if you were also our age also this year the super mario brothers super show debuts oh, oh yes and which which yes in a three channel world we didn't know was bad but Half of the canon the show had to work with was Super Mario 2, so when I think of like all that extended universe stuff, it all involves Shy Guys and Flurries mm-hmm. and Wart yeah. and, like, and Birdos. Like, it's, it's, I don't know, come on. Yeah, like King that, Koopa uh, was more Wart than Bowser. Yeah, yeah, he even looked more like him. Mm-hmm. True. He wore a stupid crown. Yep. Plus, pour one out for Captain Lou Albano as Mario. Like, that was always like, the coolest casting to me. Right, you'll never find another Mario with pierced yes. cheeks. With rubber, yeah, the rubber bands hanging from pierced cheeks. Epic. And if you do drugs, you're going to hell before you die. And now, if he were still alive, he'd be great at playing Wario. Uh, <laughs> he was, he really was kind would. of more He's... Wario than Mario in retrospect. Let's dig him up. Yeah. It's too good. It's too good. <laughs> Let's get those bones above ground, kids. <laughs> All right, so what is your favorite Mario game of all time? Let us know. Go to the Laser Time... Sorry, what is it exactly? I always get this wrong. The official Laser Time Facebook community. Thank you. Uh, Where you'll find a thread with people discussing this that Matt will start because Matt is awesome. Thank you. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse or you can go to VigigameApocalypse.com and answer under the post for episode 271 in the comments. And we will pick around 10 of the best answers and read them on next week's show. So that's pretty much been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Elena, where can people see your stuff? Um, well, I work at PC World. So if you go to PCWorld.com, you can sometimes see me appear. Uh, the latest thing that we've done that's uh, console gaming related, which is... Exciting for me because all of my coworkers constantly give me crap about PC versus console gaming. Is that um, 
well, one of the video editors and I are both into retro gaming. So in honor of the NES Classic re-release, we uh, we rehoused his uh, Retro Pi, Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. emulator that we did last fall. Uh, we took it from an SNES uh, case to, and put it into an NES case, and it's actually a really cool little case because the buttons work. I can't I can't mm, tell you oh. how exciting that is for me. I think that that might be the one that I got. Is that the one where like you flip it up and the USB mm-hmm, is behind mm-hmm. the uh, the gate? I love yeah, it yeah, so much. Awesome. We cannot incur Video Game Apocalypse does not endorse piracy and it's not Raspberry Pi. I own the original console no, and the games that I downloaded. How, how dare you, Elena? Smirch this there's show's a really reputation. Cool Game Boy case that uh, I had one of my writers find for a roundup that we did of other cool gaming cases. It's no, really in, in reality, I always think those are the coolest things when people do the Raspberry Pis in like retro consoles, and yeah, that to me is super cool. Yeah, Fucking just remember rad. you have to down or delete all ROMs that you don't own from your system within 24 hours. That's totally an actual law that nobody just made up in the 90s. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then when you post a YouTube video of you doing it, you write no copyright implied. Uh-huh. And you That's can't right. Your video and if you're a down. cop, you have to tell us. That's the rule. You have to tell us. <laughs> no, no cops allowed to download from this site. By downloading from this site, you verify that you're not a cop. <laughs> there's That's there's one way you can get out of copyright by posting things on the internet now. And that's by writing, who did this? Over. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know you could have asked the guy you stole it from, <laughs> but <laughs> who did this? Twenty-three million likes. <laughs> <laughs> who did this? Uh, first comment: Steven Spielberg. He's upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, who did this? And it's just a YouTube video that's like full movie, Ready Player One. Yeah, Jaws. That was me. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Matty, any plugs? Uh, Sure, yeah. If you love hearing us yap about Vigi games, uh, go to patreon.com slash laser time. And if you subscribe at the $5 level or more, you can get exclusive access to a spoiler cast Michael and I recorded about God of War, one of our top games of the year so far. Um, We really enjoyed ourselves. We were sorry Chris couldn't make it, but Chris also did a spoiler cast uh, with Diamond Dog Dave (laughs) Rudden for Arrested Development Season 4. Five, correct, Chris. Season five. Yep. Yeah. So part one. We're really, we're really loving doing these spoiler casts. We want to do more of them, and the way we can is by you helping us out by going to Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. And we can make that more clear in the next two weeks when we'll be revamping our Patreon a little bit and launching a buttload of new incentives uh, and new reasons mm. for you to cheaply give us your support, and we do very much appreciate it. It's helping all of us eat and all that good stuff. Uh, I wish you. Oh, because well, and part of that is the return of the Monday Night Movie. Hopefully next week, mm. come Hacker High Water, we will be streaming. Which I'm glad to say, thanks to 302010, we've reached a consensus on Eddie Murphy's best movie coming to yeah. America. Yeah, am I allowed to say who might Everyone be a special agrees. guest there? He, he's very excited. He's been hyping it up. He better fucking so do our, it. He better. Yeah, he's he's been threatening. He's doing it. So yeah, previous Video Game Apocalypse guest. Uh, T.L. Foster, Trav LeVar oh, Foster, nice. is going to be making the trip to see Chris and, and rekindle the Monday Night Movie with one of the funniest comedies, dare I say, ever, but certainly of yeah. the 80s, coming to America. Mm-hmm. In the best, I will I say the best Eddie Murphy movie. We cover <laughs> Meet Dave on this week's 302010, I assure you. <laughs> it's much better than that one. 
All right. Well, as always, you can check us out at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. over that phase how come i, I know, wasn't like, a douchebag and got something out of it probably didn't need any tech advice i'm doing i'm doing like womanhood all wrong you guys <laughs> <laughs> I, I disagree you're doing it way better than me <laughs> is that a high bar or a low bar chris i've gotten very graceful since you last saw me well, it's florida <laughs> so there's still time well, anything's possible humid damp air yeah mm-hmm. doing water ballet every morning oh <laughs> it's beautiful are we talking I'm like, like a, synchronized Busby Berkeley style water ballet? Right. <laughs> I'm like I'm like a fat swan. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> fat swan, the Chris Antista story.